0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Morning Prayers. We will begin today's service with a responsive reading from the Black Appleton Chapel Psalter book, Psalm Selection number 24, found on page 12. Please stand as you are able. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place?
1: Those who have clean hands and endure our hearts, who do not
0: lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear exceedingly. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the You may take your seats.
1: Good morning. morning. This morning I'd like to share some words in translation from the father of liberation theology, Gustavo Gutierrez. If I define my neighbor as the one I must go out to look for, on the highways and byways, in the factories and slums, on the farms and in the mines, then my world changes. For in the gospel, it is the poor person who is the ultimate neighbor. But the poor person does not exist as an inescapable fact of destiny. His or her existence is not politically neutral, and it is not ethically innocent. The poor are a byproduct of the system in which we live and for which we are responsible. They are marginalized by our social and cultural world. Hence the poverty of the poor is not a call to generous relief action, but a demand that we go and build a different social order. When I was 13 years old, I discovered liberation theology in what at the time was a broad reading tour of philosophies of belief. The words of the theologians, like Gutierrez, struck me as meditations on what it meant to do good, but they moved way beyond individual acts of kindness and instead challenged the social systems that at the very least were callous to inequity and at the worst thrived on it. This was not a well-behaved theology, and at the time when I was 13, it too was young, scrappy, and downright rebellious. And their words provided a framework for me to understand inequality and oppression as well as where I stood relative to them. Born and raised in the concrete jungle of Kingston, on the south coast of Jamaica, I was no stranger to systemic injustice, so close to and yet a world away from the pretty beaches and tourist resorts of the north coast. The forceful, sometimes angry words of liberation theology resonated resonated with the adolescent me and led to four years of afternoons and weekends working in Kingston's asylums for the mentally ill. This profoundly changed my view of humanity. I saw so much that repeatedly reset my understanding of how human beings could be stripped of basic dignities, not to mention their connections to family, loved ones, and the broader society. At the time, the best I could manage was to keep as many inmates clean and fed as I could. While using those moments of contact, to remind them that someone was there to listen. Some were there because of mental or physical traumas, but many others ended up there as the rock bottom terminus of a slide that often began with no access to education and sped through deepening poverty and decreasing hope. This was what highlighted for me how simple educational access or lack thereof, could lead to a cascade of events that makes or breaks a life. When I left Jamaica for college in the United States, the official label of first-generation student did not exist. But I knew I was different, nevertheless, and appreciated the door that generous financial aid had opened for me. This cemented my conviction that education was the on-ramp to a better life. Fast forward to today and we see that institutions of higher education like ours that have inevitably grown so exclusive must continue to embrace their role in building a different social order. It is not enough for us to train leaders. The trickle-down theory of societal improvement is too slow and uncertain. Instead, we need to directly engage those that either never had or are fast losing access to opportunity, those that form a growing base of anxiety and even hopelessness here and elsewhere. Such poverty of the spirit fosters that slide to rock bottom for the individual and ultimately our human community. These are our neighbors, and not charity cases or a basket of deplorables. It is why higher education institutions must not only care for the students within our walls, but band together and reach out to the vastly larger numbers without. This is not relief work. It is our obligation to build a better social order with all of our neighbors. Having opened with the words of Gustavo Gutierrez, I would like to close with a brief prayer using the words of St. Anselm, the 11th century Benedictine monk and scholar. Lord, I do not attempt to comprehend your sublimity because my intellect is not equal to such a task. But I yearn to understand some measure of your truth, which my heart believes and loves. For I do not seek to understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. Amen.
0: Let us pray together the Lord's Prayer found on the back of your order of worship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please join me in singing the hymn, Watchmen, Tell Us of the Night, number 95 in your crimson Harvard hymnal. Please stand as you are able. May the Lord keep us from evil, and may the Lord keep us in our going out and in our coming in, from this time on and forevermore. Amen. Amen.